hide your weed, everyone. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nicole. Happy birthday to you. What just happened? Oh. What was that? I don't I, I don't know. Do you want to know what that was? That was five oh. tracks of me singing happy birthday layered on top of one another. Oh, thank you. Yes. And and Oh, you. thank you. I killed flowers or paid someone else to kill flowers. <laughs> they were perfectly happy until we went snip snip and now they're going to die. But you know what? It makes you smile and it's totally worth it. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Hey, we're doing this all oh, in front of a show. Yeah, hey, we're doing everybody. a show. We're doing so a show. Technically, tomorrow is Nicole's birthday. This is true. We actually have a birthday that's uh, just about a week apart, uh, eight <laughs> days apart. So, uh, happy birthday! Thank you. And let's get to a fantastic show. Yay! Shall we? It's the woodworking evening show. It is the woodworking evening show. I'm Mark, and I'm Nicole. And we're going to answer your questions. We're going to I don't know if we have any other things to cover tonight, but we definitely have questions. Uh, Mateo is in the chat room and says, "Happy birthday!" Oh, thanks, buddy. Oh, he's so funny. So, how's everybody doing? <laughs> you know, on this Thursday evening. It's a uh, Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we it totally out. throws me off because I think it's Friday. We've done we did the Friday show for so long. I know, and I I get really thrown off now. It's off kilter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to thank some people who helped support the show: Mitch McAllister, Donald Ross, just Ron. That's it. Just Ron. Ron. And well, Aaron Carter. Uh, if you want to support the show, not a requirement. It's just something we appreciate it. If you do, um, it's... Uh, have some perks. Blah, blah, blah. Little yeah, perks. Perks and things. There's an after show. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, but that's at, uh, of course, on YouTube. If you look for that little join button, there's a little membership thing there. Then also on Patreon, patreon.com slash woodwhisperer if you want to check out the different levels that you can sign up for there. Uh, but you know what? The most important thing is that you show up, you're here, or you watch afterwards. Yeah. Tell a friend about it. You don't have to give I've us had money. A few, I've had a few people say, I'm sorry, I can't do the evening show. That's family time. I'm like, it's okay. We're just... Yeah. It's family time for us, but we're that's why we're here. <laughs> we're kind of sick of that family. Stop it. <laughs> sometimes. You know yeah, sometimes. Um, uh, Dino, oh, I just missed it. He was, he's in, or she is in the chat room and uh -huh. uh, I totally lost it. So, hi, Dino. Okay. Already then. Okay, Nino, Nino can... Ding. It was Nino Ding. They're waiting for the sandwich. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm guessing he's talking about your press. Yeah, the squishy sandwich. Maybe the squishy sandwich. You guys see my vacuum press sandwich? Oh my gosh. I got a video coming out showing, just talking about the vacuum press. And, did you uh, did you already publish it? I wanted to, but it was at one second too long. And so it how does, what I said. How, uh, how does Nino Ding know about your sandwich? I posted a story about oh. when I made the sandwich and I pressed it. So gotcha. Yeah, ham and cheese sandwich in the vacuum press. Guys, it's it's something else. I've already kn I know about the pressed cold yeah. lunch meat sandwich. I I grew up on those. If I ever go hiking the like and I need to pack a whole bunch of sandwiches in a small space, I'm going to do this. It's the same concept as like, you know when you uh pack like big <laughs> this this is the cheap lunch meat, the budding be that was the lunch meat okay. that I that I my mom would get. And it was like budding or bud, budding, budded, B-U-D-D-I-G. But it was in a plastic thing. It was like 50 cents. It's like a delicious meat-like product. It was a meat-like product. Anyway. You smash it and you just made it. Oh, it tastes so good. Well, this thing that I did reminded me of when you take a big fat blanket and you put it in one of those vacuum save things <laughs> yeah. and it sucks it down. It's like it does that with the sandwich. It yeah. actually was pretty darn good. Okay, let's get to questions. Nobody yeah. cares about our sandwiches. Hey. We're, we're culinary experts here. That's what we are. <laughs> we'll uh, talk about it in the after show. So we have some pre-selected questions here, both from um, from Patreon and mm -hmm. YouTube. And Nicole will grab questions directly from the chat tonight. I'm so already doing that. You got some questions? I Go am. Hit us up with it. Alrighty. Sean Lund says, I stopped in Denver on Tuesday during a business trip and couldn't help but be startled when it was 33 degrees outside. <laughs> I now understand why you frequent Duncan. Got to get something warm in there. 
But what I immediately thought of was something I don't encounter in my woodworking workflow is fluctuation in temperature. If I remember correctly, you have additional lumber storage in a shed out behind the house, and I assume that it's not climate controlled. That's correct. I can't recall if uh, you ever discussed it, but does seasonal storage of wood with large fluctuations in temperature influence the lumber at all? I understand both Arizona and Colorado are relatively dry environments, but how your, does the heat... Your volume is too low. Too low? People are saying in the chat room, you're too low. I think um, you trying to like... Uh, I, I may have just knocked the, uh, the dial down. Because of the, the chorus of marks. <laughs> too many too many marks in the chorus. Or I could lower you a little. Yeah. Is that a little bit better, guys? Peaking. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I can't seem to get it to go much higher, but it's going to have to be what it is. Lift up your mic. Well, what do you want me to put it in my, like, hang it from my lip? <laughs> yeah. Is that better? There you go. Okay. Uh, now, where was I? I don't know. Arizona, Colorado, it's relatively dry, but how does the heat and cold cycle impact your lumber, if at all? Is it possible for the freezing temperatures to cause the wood to split, crack, bow, or otherwise become unusable? Okay, so I can tell you right now that it really is not a problem for me because Denver's not as cold as you think it is. Denver yeah. does really weird things. Like right now, we're... Uh, like how know, long were you here? Because later in the afternoon, it was probably like 60. <laughs> yeah. So what, what he does bring up a good point, though, is we do have a lot of fluctuations. Mm -hmm. I don't find there's a whole bunch of difference between... like. It, Bottom line is my shop is climate controlled. If I know I'm working on a project, I will take the wood from the shed, bringing it into the shop and then just kind of, you know, work with it from there. So it probably has already been in the shop space for a few days, acclimates at least to the temperature. Um, you know, but the humidity, again, like you said, isn't really that high. Uh, the surprising thing is, you know what our winter high temp average is? Mm. About 50 degrees. Oh, is it? Right. So Denver is not as cold as, as people think it is. Um, but, That's the secret. But, they don't want you to know. Yeah, but we do have those swings. Yeah. And I could just tell you that I haven't seen any detrimental impact from that happening. I certainly, even when we have freezing temperatures, I haven't seen any issues with the wood going through some kind of a freeze cycle. There's mm -hmm. just not that much water and moisture uh, in there that, that would cause a problem. So I haven't seen much. But, you know, talk to people who live in colder climates that are cold for more extended periods of time. That might give you a little bit of insight. I want to say thank you to everybody saying happy birthday to me. I appreciate it. It's so nice, isn't it? So I said, 29 again? <clears throat> sure. We have that poster downstairs. <laughs> yeah, you got that I when I... big giant pop art poster. When I Nicole. turned 30. I was, I don't know, 30 affected me more than 40. Yeah, when she turned 30, we said she's going to start counting backwards. <laughs> so it was a little comic book looking thing that said, oh, I'm 29 again. Here's the thing. I'm lucky to be a person that's aging. I'm happy. I'm getting older. We should all be lucky enough to, mm -hmm. grow, you know, get gray, grow old, yep. and go bald and all those fun things. So Alex Copley, thank you. Happy 29th birthday, Nicole. I appreciate that, Alex. And Robert Price, happy annual celebration of your birthversary. Yes. I like that, birthversary. Birthversary. It's so funny. Uh, Ava, had, she's five. She loves birthdays. Mm-hmm. To the sure point does. where I really, I'm like, Ava, you're making me work on my birthday. This is not, this is not how this goes. Yeah. She's, she made me work today. She did. She, she makes me work every year for years. Chad Healy wrote in. He said, I just bought a planer. It's a DeWalt DW735. Got some bird's eye maple that I'm going to be milling up. I saw your Instagram post about the basics of milling, but have a, oh, he's got a follow-up question. Um, is it best to mill the entire board? Mine are about nine feet. Or cut the parts to rough length and mill the individual parts. Specifically, I'm worried about issues with snipe, uh, wasted material, and inconsistency in the finished piece. Uh, for some background, I do not have a jointer, and we'll be using jigs at the planer and table saw to get everything square. I'm going to be making a pair of hanging jewelry box jewelry organizers, which will be roughly 16 uh, inches by 8 inches. No, no, I'm 45. Oh, I'm 45. Yep. I thought I was 44. You kind of lose track. I'm 44 now. But He's I had 44. to ask her that morning. Hey. I, I just told the chat I'm 44. I'm like, no, I'm 45. Yeah. Well, technically you are 44 today. Your birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so here's the thing. Nine feet long? Oh, I'm cutting that sucker down. Um, there, unless I had a nine foot part, there's no way I am milling multiple parts and keeping them together as one piece. Now, in the ideal world, if wood wasn't the natural product that it is, if it was just something that was more stable... 
You could do something like that. Mill the whole thing nice and flat, then you chop all your little parts. But it's not the ideal world. We uh, wind up seeing movement in these things. So I will almost always chop it down a little bit. I don't necessarily need to go to each individual part for the jewelry. Maybe have like two or three parts per segment and then mill that down and then cut your pieces out of that. But you've got a planer, so don't worry about inconsistency. You run it through the planer, they'll all be consistent thickness. Um, but you definitely want to take it down. Here's the other thing with the nine foot board. If you're using a nine foot board and there's a bow in it, um, I mean, again, depending on what system you're using, I guess you must use a planer sled for this. Uh, if there's a bow, you're gonna take a lot of meat off of that board trying to get the whole thing dead flat. But break it into segments, and now you could flatten each section and only take a little bit off. So definitely break that sucker down. And uh, good luck not getting any tear out on that bird's eye, which can be a real problem depending on your planer. Uh, you got a super chat here from the Renaissance Dan. I thought it was uh, the Renaissance man at first, but it's Dan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dirty Dan. Uh, making, making a router table wing with the Craig insert plate. Any suggestions on material for the top? Thinking two three quarter inch Baltic birch glued together. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, sometimes you could use MDF, a double layer of MDF, but Baltic birch is a pretty sturdy material, uh, pretty dense and flat. So sure, put two of those together, you're going to have a pretty sturdy top. Um, I see nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good choice. And you may consider some kind of laminate for the top too. It is nice to have uh, plastic. I would like for you to take my mic. Yeah, but the, the problem is I see that channel lighting up. So I like... Here's the thing. There are times when I screw with stuff live and then I look at the recording and I go, I probably shouldn't have done that. Don't screw with anything. Just swap me mics. I have a better mic. You're I, the one talking primarily. I wonder if the battery is just going dead or something. It's possible. Sorry. It's possible. Normally I don't share mics for hygienic reasons, Nicole, but I will do it today. Okay. I just wanted to say thank you to Mike Hall Hallisey for the birthday wishes and the super chat. I appreciate that. Uh huh. I'm going to go have an ice cream. An ice cream. Ice cream. I love ice creams. Um, okay. Boy, I feel like I'm really loud now. I talk louder than you do. I know you do. Okay. Yoso. Yoso. I currently have a keyed chuck. My voice coach told me I talk about like 50% louder and faster than I need to. Hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> Yoso says. Oh, no. I currently have. I can't do that. <laughs> I currently have a keyed chuck. I got to talk Missouri speed. Uh, on my drill press, and I'm not particularly fond of it. So I'm thinking about going keyless. Is this a good idea? If it is, any good recommendations? If relevant, I'm using a Jet JDP 17DX drill press. Okay, so I don't have a great recommendation because the one I have is an expensive one. Um, when I got a drill press, whew, this was uh, back in Temecula, it was a little Delta drill press, had a key chuck on it, and I wanted keyless. And I just looked around, and I think I remember David Marks mentioning something on his show about a Jacobs brand chuck. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll get that one. And I spent a lot of money, probably more than the cost of the damn drill press. Um, but that's what I'm gonna recommend to you. Take a look at it. Uh, we'll put the link here. Uh, actually, I could put that in the chat room right now. But we'll definitely have this link in the notes for this show. And uh, check that one out. It's pretty expensive. But if anyone else has an alternative keyless chuck recommendation that will fit a jet drill press, please drop that in the chat because um, I don't have a better um, option than that. And I'm not that well versed in, in chucks. So, you know, some people call him Charles, Nicole. Mm -hmm, Charles. Okay. Uh, Ghost <clears throat> Giff says, will there be woodworking evening show t-shirts? No. Not right now. No, we're, we're testing it this time out. Yeah. And we're... Kind of it may not be a permanent thing. Yeah, we don't know. Just kind of seeing uh, with Mark's voice and his coaching and all that. Maybe we'll go back to the morning. We're going to just we'll see. let it marinate a little bit. Yeah, marinate. <laughs> Beth Perry says, what about finishes? We've had a hard winter for Oklahoma, and I'm sure some of my finishes are frozen. Oh, boy. Oil-based stain and the like. I think it depends on the finish. I mean, some things will still be okay. Some things, you know, like even glues can go through a freeze-thaw cycle, at least a couple of them. Um, so I think what you need to do is open those cans and see what you got there. Uh, if it's a chunky mess, probably want to leave it alone. Uh, if it's all liquid, okay, try it on a test board, make sure it cures within the expected time period, and then use it if, if nothing else happens. Um, a super chat from King's Fine Woodworking. That was I great. almost hit the band button. <laughs> James, I almost banned you, man. They put this ban button way too close to add to broadcast. These two things are not the same. 
Uh, James King, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? We were talking about possibly doing a cautious and safe meetup at some point yeah. here. Like that, it's fun to have, uh, to hear those things being said. Yeah. We're, we're uh, still kind of <laughs> planning. I think everybody is still apprehensive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. To even think about doing yeah. something like that. But man, we'll do, do it outside. The community needs do it. A, do it at the park. How about that? We'll do it live. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I got a question here from Anthony. Hold on. Let me try something. I'm just going to unplug and plug well, it back in. You probably just kill people's eardrums. Nah, they're fine. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Is that all right? I don't know. Just talk. Okay. Uh, Anthony said, standard question, your opinion on the 3M versus, uh, no, not 3M, the 30 mil, 3 millimeter versus 5 millimeter stroke size. Mm -hmm. I care more about finish quality than speed. Then go three. Three? There's no debate to it. The uh, three millimeter stroke is a smaller sanding pattern, which means you don't see the scratches in the surface as much. That is your finish sander. I've got both. I sometimes forget which one's in my hand and I don't really notice a huge difference, but if you really were to look at it with a microscope, you probably would see a different scratch pattern. If you're only concerned about finish quality, go three. Uh, let's see, there was another super chat that came in that I wanted to show you. There it is, Stephen. I'll let you add to broadcast. It's just skin, Stephen. <laughs> Have you ever heard or worked with black oak, also called blackjack lumber? If so, is it similar to red or white oak? Found a local guy that can cut a lot for me, so cheap. Uh, just wanted to know if it's a good deal, Stephen. I don't know. I've never heard of it, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, limited in my exposure to the world. Mm -hmm. I haven't been out very much. And I, I don't know what black oak or blackjack lumber is, but you got a chat room full of peeper, peeper here. Peeper, <laughs> I would guarantee that someone in this chat room knows what black or blackjack oak or blackjack lumber is, but I do not, I'm sorry. Uh, Larry wants to know, what CNC do you have? I have the Powermatic 2x4. It's the larger of the two that they sell. Um, yes, that's what I have. Speaking of Powermatic, you happen to see the interview. Oh, good. <laughs> Golly, you guys, you thought that seven minute uh, symphony video was a little awkward. Dramatic. The funny thing is, I think for people who really know us, yeah. it's hard to watch. Sure. Seeing us in that context, like they're used to this. They're mm -hmm. not used to me talking like I'm, you know, some high level craftsman, uh, you know, waxing poetic about what it's like to make mm -hmm. furniture and work with Powermatic tools. But that's pretty much what it is. And uh, go, go ahead and watch it. It's on Powermatic's YouTube channel. And it is something else, Nicole. Something else. Something else. I think you look great. Oh, thanks, hon. Appreciate I, that. I, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Mater says he's got his first uh, smoker this spring. And uh, looks like he did some spatchcock chicken. Oh, he followed my spatchcock ah. chicken recipe. That's cool on the TWW Barbecue channel. Um, yeah, we're going to do some more food content. I think as we, like... Get the season, you know, we're again, we got snow and rain for like a week here and it's it's no bueno outside. Uh, Greg wants to know, when will we get the class with Jory Brigham's holster? holster? What? I don't know how you pronounce that. Hollister. Hollister. What's the That's coming out Hollister? soon. I think, it, I don't know, it's a thing. Um, so we have Todd going out there in June. Okay. Right. So Todd's heading to Philip Morley's in May and then Jory's in June, which means we will have it some undisclosed amount of time after that point. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim White did a super chat. And oh, thanks, Jim. That's a little more than thanks, Nicole. Oh, my God. That's ice cream money right there. Jim. <laughs> you get to get the big one tonight. Wow, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Been watching for a long time and learned lots, so oh, thanks. thanks. Thank you, Jim. Jim. That's incredibly generous of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, big Willie said, man, Nicole, you go for the old dudes. I'm older than him. Yeah, what is she talking about? I'm, the I'm old, a year younger. I'm the old lady. Don't let this gray deceive you. There's a lot of youth under here. Yes. Just act like an old man. Uh, Mohan said, hi, uh, good night. I have a lot of wood shavings from cedar boards, but I don't know what to use any of them for. Any advice? Wood shavings from cedar. You get a guinea pig? Yeah, isn't that what you pay a lot of money for yeah, when you right. have like those little, little stupid rodents. critter pets? Those little Hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things that uh, are, never mind, I'm not going to insult people. I'm not going to insult guinea pig owners hey, tonight, don't Nicole. Don't insult <laughs> uh, Pui Pui Molkar. Yeah. Speaking 
of guinea pigs. I do know with shavings, though, you, you do have to be careful, right? Because I know horses have yeah, certain yeah, things yeah. that they can't be around. I don't know a whole lot about what's what. Uh, some things can go in a garden, right? If you want to yeah. use it for like mulch or um, like a path in a garden or something, there's things you can do. But I would do a little research and just make sure you don't inadvertently kill something. Yeah. Or someone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe the chat has some recommendations for cedar cedar uh, shavings. Uh-huh. Usually I see them like decorative, like mm. little decorative, especially if they're the curly. Maybe put them in a little bag and throw it in, a, in you know, in your drawers. To yeah, keep the moths yeah, out or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. That's a neat idea. Or just burn them. Uh, <laughs> Eric Cole says, I recently put rubber stall mats down on the floor of my basement workshop, and my wife says they stink. Were odors an issue with your floor tiles? Um, did you do anything about it? Well, a basement is a very different thing than a standalone shop. So when I put this flooring into my standalone shop, I had fresh paint, I had fresh epoxy floors, and then I had fresh rubber tiles. There was a lot of stank going on in there, but thankfully it was ground level in Arizona, which means I was able to give it a heck of a lot of fresh air so they didn't have to breathe that crap in. Uh, it did take a while to off-gas, but again, in Arizona, it got plenty of fresh air, so it wasn't too much of a problem. Trapped down in the basement? Yeah, I mean, you might try to get some ventilation, get some fresh air. Obviously in winter, that's a little bit difficult to do, uh, but you gotta get some fresh air in there because that that rubber does off-gas for quite a while. And I don't blame your wife for, for thinking it stinks. You know who else is in the chat? Who's one of my favorite people? Wilbur? Wilbur. Wilbur Pan. He's in the chat. Dr. Wilbur Pan. Wilbur, are you doing your uh, class soon or is it already done? He's always doing something. Yeah, he's he's like busy, busy. All right, I gotta get to my boy Tony okay. Tang here. Tony! Double T. Um, I'm moving to a bigger shop soon. Well, congratulations. He says he wants a Capex. The one displayed at my local Woodcraft has significant lateral flex when it's pulled out, about a 16th to an eighth of an inch. I don't know if they just didn't adjust it properly. Maybe the Capex is not as stable as I thought. Also, I was wondering why router bits, at least the good ones, create shavings, but saw blades create dust. Hmm. So for the Capex, I have never noticed a lateral problem, you know, in the sense of like you pull it out and then you go left and right. Um, maybe it's just because it's a floor model and people dink around with it. And like, you know how people get unreasonably angry at Festool for no reason? Maybe that's what's happening. People are going in there and they walk by and they just throw an elbow at it just to knock it out of calibration and make sure that Festool doesn't get that sale. <laughs> I don't know. But mine isn't really a problem. Um, you know, uh, I would... Uh, the thing, it's a floor model. What are you going to do, yeah. right? So maybe go to a different store and try it there. But I could just tell you from my personal experience with my Capex, I don't have that kind of movement on mine. Um, as far as bits and blades, well, blades have a real high RPM, you know, really small teeth. And they are kind of, you know, probably more contact with the number of teeth per inch. Or, you know, if you put it in a time sense, the number of teeth contacting the wood per second. So maybe it's, it's making smaller chips, just really tiny chips that become dust. Um, your router bits are, you know, probably shaving in a sense, you know? So you've got the blade that's cutting on this arc path. So it's going in and then back out again. Uh, and that I think is why you might, why it might lead to making more of a shaving than dust. That said, I got plenty of router bits that do nothing but make dust. So what are you gonna do? So uh, Wilbur said his class was last weekend. Oh, we missed it. So if you're, if you would like to follow Wilbur, learn more about Wilbur, he specializes in uh, Japanese tools, yep. yes? Yes. Woodworking. Not just because he's Asian, Nicole. Right. Don't make that judgment call. I didn't. I'm looking at his website right now, giantcypress.net. I can make these jokes because Wilbur's my buddy. Okay. But actually, yeah, he's a great resource of information. He's been on the uh, MWA podcast at mm -hmm. least a couple of times that I can think of. I'll, I'll never forget him because uh, I kind of laid into him after I had the tail. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Everything was like... Super. Oh, is, is, it was so stressful. Is Nicole's mic working now? Because it looks red over here. Uh, yeah, it was a super stressful thing. Mateo is in the NICU, and Wilbur, being an experienced doctor, yes. knows that everything's going to be fine. Yep. It's going to be. So he I'm made like, a joke. I don't remember what the joke I don't was. Either. I just remember going. But Nicole oh. was like, "That is not funny." <laughs> and then I think Wilbur's I, wife got yeah, mad at him. Yeah, not mad at him, yeah. but corrected I, him. What are you doing? <laughs> And so, oh, good times. Gone, Wilbur. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Communication. 
and that's okay. So yeah. check out Wilbur at giantcypress.net. Wilbur's the man. <laughs> he goes over chisel setup, plane setup, sharpening, all that. Yeah. He should have been here last week. We could have promoted his class. <laughs> You're here the week after. Okay. Uh, OJ wrote in. OJ. He says, uh, with a super chat too, uh, I've only learned one fifth of what Jim has. He sets an unreasonable standard. Not everybody can get an A. Who's Jim? The heck is he talking about? I don't know who you're talking about. OJ, what are you talking about, man? Jim? We're both we're both lost. Hmm. Let us know. <laughs> I don't know. Is he talking about our neighbor, Jim? <laughs> Why would he talk about our neighbor, Jim? I don't know. He doesn't know Jim. Is he talking about John? Nope, Jim. No, Jim. Hmm. Anyway, I'm let, perplexed. Can you clarify that for us? Because we're lost. <laughs> My sure? goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chat was for us. <laughs> uh, Lark Atkin says, if we have the CNC templates, then do we skip the three sixteenth offset with the bushing on the router, or just cross my fingers and pretend I know what I'm doing? Um, what are I feel like we're being dropped in the middle of conversations here. Yeah, what project are we talking about? Are Are you talking about um, maybe Daryl Peart's project? This is from Lark. So yeah, I think if you have CNC templates, and I think you might be talking about the offset between the drawer rails on Daryl's project. It's a good question for Daryl, by the way. Um, but I think I know what you're talking about. If that's the case, um, your templates are the exact final shape, so you already have that. I think the process I, that, that Daryl goes through, I believe that was when we were trying to generate the templates uh, as you're building the project. So I don't know that you need to do anything with that 316th offset. You need to just copy what the template provides because now you have a template where that skinny rail is perfectly matched to the one below it, right? So you don't, you shouldn't have to do that. And I apologize if I'm not talking about what you're talking about, but if I am, then yay me. Mm -hmm. Let's see. David Kerr says <clears throat> I'm a one third the way through the sculpted rocker and I hit a snag. Oh boy. The Veritas half inch tenon maker is out of production. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on creating the tenons without the Veritas? Yeah, I thought I already answered an email about this or a question on the website about this. Well, why don't you answer it right now? Well, I can, but, I, but I'm just trying to make sure I say the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I replied, I don't know if it was you, but someone asked me the same question. Um, the only thing I could think to do if you don't have those little tenon cutters, these are very awkward pieces now. It's the back slat of a rocker. Like it's hard to register against anything. The best I could think you can do is to trace the circumference, you know, get a little compass, find the center point, make your little circle on the end grain, and then start working back with hand tools, rasps, uh, spoke shave, whatever you want. Just do something that works back down to that line and just do the best you can. Um, I don't really think there's a whole lot more you can do for that. Um, George, Wer George Werner? George. He says, consider this a bribe. I'd like more beginner woodworking series, please. Aww. Well, thank, thank you, George. We enjoy doing it, and we definitely will I do another one. a lot of fun. Even that. though, I mean, I'm not a numbers guy. I usually yeah. I do what I like to do, yeah. not what the numbers tell me to it do. It did not perform well. It did not perform well. No. But it's funny because a lot of people watched a lot. I think the people who watched, watched it and the people watched. who liked it really liked it. Yeah. But for the people who just weren't that interested, you know, the vast majority of people... I mean, I guess you don't necessarily follow the Wood Whisper website for total mm -hmm. beginner stuff, sure. right? Um, we've kind of trained our audience to expect slightly better than beginner, more than beginner. <laughs> I don't want to brag too much, yeah. but yeah. I'm not a beginner anymore, Nicole. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Boilermaker Woodworking Company. Yep. He says, or she, Thinking about starting a YouTube channel, do you have any recommendations for what to do and what not to do when seeking sponsors or being sought out by sponsors? Thanks, and happy birthday, Nicole. Uh, well, here's the thing, man. That I, I, I always have a trouble when people start a YouTube channel with sponsor motivation as step one. Um, I really think when you produce content, especially today, we were just talking about this. Back in 2006, we were like, Everybody, come on, everybody well, make stuff because so nobody was doing it. Now you really have to fight to get noticed. Yeah. And you may bust your butt for years. And I mean, if you're, you got that kind of stick-to-itiveness, you might. Um, you may bust your butt and get nowhere. It's just the reality and, you know, sort of um, kind of just the, the nasty nature of, mm -hmm. of the, the reality of like social media and how these things work. Uh, and if you're not willing to do certain things with your content, not willing to do certain things with your thumbnails. It's a 
lot of work. Uh, so so my, my point being, what I'm trying to say is, if you're going into it with a financial motivation, um, you might find yourself sorely disappointed. And you may find yourself giving up because you're not getting the success you expect to have right away. Um, I really think the best advice I can give you is to take your passion, make great content, and put that on YouTube. And do the best you can to promote it, get it out there, show people what you've got, and the people will watch. You shouldn't be thinking about sponsors on day one. You think about people on day one. Eventually, if you do the right things, those people will keep coming. Once you have a bunch of people, now you can start talking to sponsors and thinking about what they might be interested in. But you'll get nowhere if you don't have the eyeballs. And here's the thing about the landscape now. It's not just YouTube. There are people that are all about TikTok and they've made a living and they have a thing on TikTok. Yeah. Or Instagram. Like it the 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 playing field is so different and each one of those platforms requires a little bit of different like video. Like you can't just dump the same video on yeah. YouTube that you dump on It is funny when I'm experimenting with yeah. this now, the same video on TikTok or Facebook performs very differently than when posting it to Reels, for instance, yes. on Instagram. It's a mess. It, it's a. It's actually a great time and a terrible time for who, people who, who do is this. That? Stephen Moyer is that his name? Something like that. There's Schmoyer. 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 There's a ton of. I mean, honestly, we're not. We're not. We don't specialize. We're trying to figure it out ourselves. We are. Um, we succeed in spite of our ignorance. That's the best way to describe us. <laughs> And also, you'll get you'll get a very different answer from me than from someone who prides themselves at being a YouTuber. This is yeah. not a term you will ever hear me say. I'm a woodworker, and I will post my content wherever the heck I can post it. Uh, YouTube is one of those places. If you talk to those other people, you'll get a whole different set of instructions on what you should do. Um, I approach this from a guy who remembered a world before YouTube, mm -hmm. and I don't think in terms of uh, chasing the sponsorship dollars it right away. Work. You know that whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so please. Find your ask mission. Around. Decide what your mission is and try to keep to that mission statement. Yep. So, Sean has a, something to say here. Sean has a pretty good channel, um, worth effort. He says 160K and, spon um, and sponsors are still impossible to get. Uh, there is a marketability to styles of content within niches. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, here's a guy who's an experienced instructor. He's you know busting his butt, making great videos. But if he's not doing whatever the things are that the community wants or that catches people's attention, if he doesn't look like something just fell out of his butt on every thumbnail, then, you know, these things don't perform as well. OJ said his super chat was in response to uh, the guy that dropped $50. <laughs> I guess it would have helped if we did them like <laughs> yeah, right after one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jim was uh, yeah. <laughs> Jim White. And then Lark has a response. He says, uh, yeah, Daryl's Fremont nightstand. Just wanted to see if you'd know what I was talking about with uh, the least information possible. Hey, then I, uh, I think I did okay, right? Yeah. Because I had no idea. <laughs> Well, thanks for the test, Lark. I appreciate uh, OJ, that. OJ, your joke is a lot more funnier now that I know what you're referencing. <laughs> it is. Uh, okay, I got another question here from Paul Engel. Paul Engel. Yep, there it is. Uh, I've heard varying opinions on the practice of using a chisel to either round the tenon or square the mortise when cutting the mortise with a router. I'm planning to cut some mortises with a shaper origin. Uh, one of the techniques the shaper suggests is to create a dog bone with a final quarter inch router plunge in the corners offset enough to allow the square tenon to fit. Any opinions on this? And that's an interesting thing. So what he's talking about is instead of squaring off your rounded mortise, which we often sometimes will do with a chisel, um, the shaper origin is gonna plunge at each corner to kind of open up that corner and allow the tenon to be cut nice and square and drop right in. That's an interesting solution. I mean, if it could be programmed into your run, so you don't have to do a whole extra run just to make those holes. That's an interesting way to go. I've never really thought about something like that, but, a, but keep in mind that we'll also, depending on the thickness of your piece, inch you closer to the surface on both sides. So that might be an issue. I don't know how close your, your mortise wall is going to be to your edge at that point. Um, you know, but again, I don't, it's so easy to round a tenon. Like, I don't know if, you, if you're in this predicament, I don't know why anyone would be approaching the mortise. 
you have an automatic kind of thing, right? It's a, it's a CNC sort of CNC style machine. Um, so it's a little bit easier in your case. But when I see people squaring a bunch of mortises, it's like it's just so much easier to take a rasp and round that tenon. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that's an interesting thing. If it's part of the program you're already running, why the heck not? Uh, let's see. I got a question from John. McCarthy. John! Any thoughts on adding a liquor cabinet to the guild? And my response is, there is a cabinet. You just put liquor in it. We have a couple. You can yeah. make you can make the wall hanging cabinet a liquor yeah. cabinet. You can make Matt's ultimate wall hanging tool chest yeah. a liquor cabinet. A liquor cabinet. Heck, you can take the Rubo. You can make the Rubo a into a liquor cabinet. I mean, there's the so many drink. possibilities here. Uh, sure. You know what? We're not big on drinking anything other than water, usually, and coffee. Uh, but we could do something like that. Never say never. Yeah, never say never. Or maybe one of you know, maybe one of our guest instructors instructor. has a nice design that yeah. we can implement. Kent Johnson says, I remember you saying you had some kind of 110, 220 volt outlet installed in your shop. Can you show a picture of one or tell me what the name of it is? I'm interested in doing something like that in my shop. Well, Nicole, can you lean? Hmm? Nope, lean to your left. You see right there? That's one of them. I'm gonna tell you what to look up, and I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. I feel strong urges not to get sued. <laughs> and I know nothing about electricity. You're going to want to check with a <clears throat> qualified licensed electrician to see if this is something that code will allow in your area. But you want to ask about a multi-wire branch circuit. And okay. that's all I'm going to say about it. Hey, Tim JB says, leave TikTok to the kids. No, it's actually really a cool little platform. I got lost in TikTok looking at extreme couponing. Listen, the other night. I don't disagree with Tim. And I often have been like known to say that very yeah. thing. Like, stop ruining the kids' social but places, right? That, but they have... All the grays come along and we ruin it, Nicole. No, it's not like the grays are infiltrating dance videos. I mean, there are some. But that's the great thing about TikTok. It uses the hashtag feature to kind of bundle things together. Yeah. So there can be pockets of lots of different kinds of thing, not it's, just dance videos or pet, the pet market on TikTok is crazy. It is nuts. It, it is still mostly a giant flaming garbage can of poop, Nicole. No, it's not. Um, but like, I've actually been making a few more videos there. One thing I have noticed, um, I've gone in and then out and then in and out over the last couple of years with TikTok. When I went back in, finally, for the first time, my feed is showing me woodworkers and yeah. people who are making things. I have clicked not interested because TikTok for the longest time thought I was a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. Turns out I'm not. Uh, and it's really embarrassing to be scrolling through some kind of social media feed and all I see is, is young girls dancing. It's really uncomfortable. Uh, I was talking to Todd about this too because yeah. he downloaded the app to check it out and he's like, like it's, it's really uncomfortable. Finally though, I think I have the algorithm just started listening finally and I'm swiping through going, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, what, what is she saying? What's this guy saying? Um, hashtags are your friend on TikTok. Yeah. So while I do, you know, I have the same, the origins of my, my feelings toward TikTok mm -hmm. go back to like, yeah, leave it for the kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are compelling reasons to look at it. Yep. It's it's it, it's changing. Snippets. Yeah. I I love that TikTok is becoming a place for education for a lot of kids too. Yeah. So like teachers of TikTok exist. That's a hashtag. And there's tons of cool stuff from that and like history lessons and it's just it's just another way to consume content. That it is. That it is. We got some more Super Chats. Okay. We got one here from uh, Dean Leeson, but I don't see anything, Dean. I'm looking. If you have a question or uh, a statement, let me know and I'll, I'll say it on, on. But it's just a Super Chat. So I gotta give, for that. I got to give Wilbur credit for this joke. He says, with humor, timing is, and then five <laughs> comments down, <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> you got Lark's. How about Philip Stanfield? He uh, did a super chat. He says, I have five, about five board feet of Wange. Any suggestions on projects or pro project or projects? Thanks. Love y'all. Wange is tricky because I think a little bit goes a long way. Mm -hmm. It's uh, one of those projects I've done things with Wange in the past that have like used a summer, lot. Summer of Wange. Oh, yeah. 
he had splinters everywhere all over and what makes wenge beautiful and awesome is a little bit lost when there's too much of it uh, it gets drowned out and it all of a sudden just kind of looks like a big chocolate brown mess right mm -hmm. so I, I don't know that i would go for like an all wenge project unless maybe you're doing a small decorative box or something like that um but i would keep it small you know use use it to make something small so it's not this huge undertaking i mean you've got i mean five board feet it you said five board feet, right? Yeah. That's a decent amount. I mean, the other thing is there's always the possibility of just hanging on to it. Um, you don't have to use it today. Th there might be a time where you go, you know what? I want something that kind of has that like punch of ebony as an accent. Oh, I've got this wangy. It'll work perfectly. Oh boy, do I, Nicole. Um, on Patreon, I had put some throwback Fridays up and some projects <clears throat> that Mark had made. Yeah. The summer of 2007 was the summer of wangy. And so I threw through those projects. Nice. There. Oh, you remember the sushi cup? I do remember that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Beaglewood says with a super chat. Now, mind you, I normally try not to go too much into inside baseball on content discussions on the show, just so everybody knows. But when someone throws me $10, I'm answering their question. <laughs> uh, what is your opinion on woodworking videos with only music versus woodworking videos with a narrator? Should I add a voice track to my videos? It's up to you. I mean, there is value in just watching a person make something and having just a relaxing experience. There is definitely value in a voiceover. Uh, don't do a voiceover just to have one. Make sure you are saying something. Um, when I do a voiceover, it's because I want my videos to lean more toward instruction, teaching people as much as I can within an entertain, you know, a somewhat entertaining, uh, you know, um, package. So both of those have value and you don't have to do one or the other, you can vary and do both. Some videos will just be like, look at this experience, and then some will be more teaching. I will say though, it is hard to teach. If your goal is to be a teacher and you want to instruct, it's very hard to do that without words. You can show what you're doing, but you do need to explain things if you want people to truly learn. So think about who you wanna be and what you wanna do with your content and go from there. You know, on, on Facebook too, I'm usually watching videos with the volume off because I don't want to wake up the kids. Yeah. So I always appreciate when there's subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I want to watch the video, but I can't turn on the volume and I don't have headphones. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Did you get Matthew Yoder's? I'm looking. Nope. I'm looking. Right there. Nope. Where? That's Beagle. There? Scroll down. Wrong way. <laughs> That's up. There you go. There he is. Okay. Uh, Matthew Yoder says, watch several old finishing videos today. Appreciate your insight as a baby whisperer. I value understanding how and why you create and select your top coat uh, choices over simply memorizing options for various applications. Well, thank you. There's a, there's a lot of old stuff. I talked about finishing a lot over the course of 15 years. A uh, funny question came up in the woodworking community group on Facebook, which has like 54,000 members in it. Um, and this person said, my neighbor wants me to take this dresser and it was like dark chocolate and lighten it. <laughs> Every single one of the comments was like, don't do it, don't do it, pass. And I said, well, here's Mark's video that he did back in 2006. Ooh, you probably shouldn't have done that. Why not? It shows why you don't want to do something like that. Because yeah, it, was, it sucks. It was not a good process. Yeah. So, um, I was like the only person that I could give him more than don't do it. Yeah, don't do like, it. Why don't you want to do it? Yeah. Uh, okay, where am I? Eric Cole says, uh, what were the results of your low and slow pellet grilled pork butt? Fantastic. It was really, really good. Yeah. It was great. I highly recommend it. Aaron Pena says, I can't remember if it was one of your live shows or on Wood Talk, but I think I remember you saying you were going to buy one of the Rockler Crosscut sleds to try out. Am I remembering correctly? If so, how was it? It's over there. In a box. I haven't touched it. What is it? Crosscut sled from Rockler. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do kind of a little crosscut sled comparison thing. And uh, we're in the middle of a project. As soon as I get my mom's pantry done, that's when I'm going to start looking at something like that. Uh, our buddy Kim Erickson down under says, it's uh, been decided that the next addition to the shed will be a 14-inch bandsaw. Brands vary here in Australia uh, as to what's available versus the USA. What would the key qualities be that you would look for in buying a bandsaw? Okay, I'm gonna rattle some questions at you real real fast. Not gonna go into too much depth here. Stability, all right? You have to ask yourself these questions. 
So for stability, does it vibrate a lot when it's running? You know, is it like a smooth running machine or is it shaking all like crazy? Uh, move the guard up and down. Does it move easily? And when it does move, is it going out of alignment with the blade? So if your uh, bearings or your guides are right on when it's down just a few inches above the table, what happens when you take it all the way to the top? Is it still in alignment? If not, that means it's not really traveling true and that could be a problem. Uh, let's see, what kind of guides do they have? If it, you know, is it a cool blocks system? Is it an old school? Those little, I don't know what they're made out of, but they're like graphite colored. Uh, whatever they are, uh, the little guide blocks. Some of those can be pretty decent, but really if you can get bearings, um, that's what I like to use. Carter makes some great stuff, so you can always add those afterwards, but if it's got bearings on it already, you're in better shape, I think. Um, how about dust collection? Does it have dust collection? Um, most bandsaw dust collection isn't great, so don't expect a miracle, but you wanna check for it. Uh, does the fence lock securely? Um, so when you lock it down, is there a lot of uh, mobility there? Does it lock in place? And then does it adjust, right? Most, well not most, a lot of um, bandsaw fences don't. So if you have a little bit of drift, let's say you go through the Alex Snodgrass method of setting this up and everything is pretty much in alignment, but it's slightly off. It's nice to be able to tweak that fence one way or the other, uh, just so that you can get a nice straight cut on there. Um, and then of course, I don't know if you're buying in the used market, but make sure whatever size blades it takes, do a quick search and make sure you could find blades of that length. Otherwise, you're going to have to wind up, you know, seeking them out or getting custom blades cut and um, welded for you. So that's all I have to offer for that. Let's see. I got a question. Well, actually, I just want to say thank you to George Werner. He just signed up to the TWW Extras. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, join us after this show for the after show. My last question here is mm -hmm. Dave Satanto. Satanto, how old was your first when you made the kitchen step stool project? So I had to go look it up because it was um, in 2014. So he so, was three. Okay. Yeah, he was three years old when we did that. The kitchen step stool. Yep. Uh, I we there was a, that conversation came up in the guild. Yeah. Uh, talking about the kids fighting over the step stool to cook. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, oh, I put it in the garage. I was like, oh, they'll just find something else to fight over. Yeah, they That's, will. Like, you know, anything. Yep. Uh, let's see. Has a, okay, Tundra Whisperer says, have you ever used the sliding table saw? At other people's shops, oh, I have. Oh, look at a puppy dog. Yeah, the boxer. He's cute. Or she. Um, so yeah, I've used one at um, William Ng's school, but that was pretty much my only experience with a slider. They're great, but just never had much experience with them. I think maybe the battery in that one might be gone. There's a battery in this thing. Uh -huh. That might be what's, what the problem is. Uh, MB09. 058 is moving to Hawaii. I'm jealous. Aloha. Um, this summer and curious about how best to prep and package the big machinery for the journey. Hmm. Uh, we actually have quite a few videos on moving. Sure do. Uh, should I? Which one's the best? But it's overseas and I mean, you just move. There may it, be a whole same? different thing if you're going overseas. Yeah. You know, there's more considerations. In my case, it was take anything off that can come off. So with a table saw, if you have an extension wing or some kind of a you know outfeed table that hooks up to it, take all those pieces off because a lot of times the movers, uh, they could be a little bit rough and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. So if there's something hanging off the edge, they're just gonna pick it up by that, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, things like jointer beds, you know, they, if it's a good place to grab, they're just gonna grab it and move it. Their job is to move it. So anything that's loose, anything that can be detached to lighten the load of that particular tool, detach those things. Um, you know, you're probably going to want to, I don't know how long it's going to be in storage for you, but sometimes they put that Cosmoline stuff on the cast iron, mm -hmm. depending on how it's being transported and shipped or stored. Um, if it's going to be exposed to moisture, you want to protect against rust. So you may have to put some of that Cosmoline down or some of the, I think you could buy that paper stuff uh, that you could put on there as well. Kind of like when you buy cast iron new. You got to take that crap off. That's the stuff I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, definitely look in the category on our website. I don't know if it's going to teach you anything. It might show you some things not to do, but I have moved multiple times and I tried to document it each time. So go check that out. Uh, somebody asked me about the clock. It always comes up. That darn clock. This clock is, uh, <clears throat> you can find it. I got it off of Amazon. Uh, if you head on over to amazon.com slash shop slash the wood whisperer, Underneath the category TWW Live, uh, you'll see the clock at the very, very top because it gets brought up quite a bit. You know what I just did? I did one of those moves 
that people do when they have like longer hair. Mm. And I, I don't even know why I did it. I went, no, I did one of these. Went like that. <laughs> Turns out it's just Pee Wee Herman from here up. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> we, got a, we got another super chat. All right, we got we to gotta wrap yeah, up we actually. Wrap it up. <clears throat> but uh, I want to say thank you to Alan. Is it Zier? Zier? Alan Zier. Zier. I think. I was looking for your, your question attached to the super chat, but I haven't been able to find it. So mm -hmm. let me see if I can quickly find it. Is there anything else? Do you see any other questions? Nope. I think we are done. Well, I'm looking. Just want to let everyone know. Yep. Dr. Ben Bodner Esquire oh, is here. Ben. Sent us a wonderful card. Thank you so much. <clears> which we card. appreciate. Thank you, that Ben. That's really sweet. I got that. I was like, oh. Ben and Aaron, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Aaron? I'm terrible with Isn't that her name? Sorry. This is where I'm going to make him uncomfortable. Isn't it your wife's name? Oh, she, I'm sorry. Your, your girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <clears throat> I think her name's Aaron. Yeah, right? Uh, what do I know? Let's see. What do I know? I'm old. I forget things. We're old. <clears throat> I think we're done, Nicole. Yeah, we're done. So I wasn't able to see uh, Alan's question. Okay. But thank you, Alan. Appreciate that. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, um, I put up a post every week with the, app, the link to the after show. If you are a YouTube member, mm -hmm. you can go to our YouTube page and underneath the community tab is the link to the after show. Yep. So I put the link to the Patreon post in the chat. There's really no link for me to put for the community. Um, you know what? Tomorrow we're having a video come out on oh, yeah. outdoor finishes. This is a fun video that goes through... Basically, it wasn't possible to do this if, if I hadn't experimented so much with different finishes over the course of 15 years. Um, it's kind of going back and looking at projects, how the finish held up, what I did to maintain it, and then what I applied initially and what I applied to sort of, um, you know, to, to freshen it up a little bit. So some lessons there. I don't even know what the, you know, all the conclusions will be from it, but I think you're going to like it. It'll be released tomorrow. And uh, thank you for every, everyone that submitted a show title for the show. If you're in the chat, you can always submit a show title using uh, the exclamation point S on yeah. the show title. Yep. So you can go there and vote on them or submit them. Sounds good. <laughs> Nicole gets the, the big one tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. That's a great title. And uh, we'll see some of you in the after show. Okay? Bye. Bye-bye.